Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Balance Virtually provides full-service financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned full-service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show, where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host, Veronica Edwards, and I'm so excited as always to be back here another week on bizradio.us. As always, I want to thank everyone for downloading the podcast. We've reached over 1,750 downloads, which is 750 more than we had at the beginning of season two. So I'm super excited that we've had really good content and folks continuing to listen to the show and to support every week. So I'm excited today, especially because we have our monthly segment. This our CPA chat with my fellow CPA, Miss Michelle. Michelle, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, how are you doing? We were just chatting that we've passed our 1099 deadlines, and we're going to still be talking about 1099s, and this is going to air in March, but we know that it's always like a scary time for folks that don't really understand the forms, even as a CPA's. The forms change all the time, so we thought it would be great to talk about one of the scarier ones as I, <laughs> that just changed recently is the 1099K. But before we get into that, I always like Michelle to talk about her business that is 10 years old, now going to be turning, what, 11 in 2023? Yeah, yeah very soon. Yep, yeah, 11, and I appreciate that. And yeah, we, we, of course, work with small businesses to mid-sized businesses and nonprofits of, of really all sizes and, and doing everything from soup to nuts, um, with the exception of the income tax work. We've talked about this before. We leave that to the specialists who uh, really focus in on uh, the tax preparation process. So we let them be those specialists and we do everything else for our clients and we're, we're happy to be here. Absolutely. And we partner with those other um, CPAs because, again, we work hand in hand. We have to make sure that we know what's happening on the tax side. We just don't want to always be responsible for researching all of the new <laughs> um, tax laws that come out. So let's go ahead and talk about 1099K. So on our last CPA chat, Michelle, we talked about the most common 1099s that small business owners are usually familiar with the MISC, the miscellaneous, the NEC, which is the most common. Um, but let's just go ahead and just do a refresher, Michelle. If you can just explain again, what is a 1099 and who receives it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you were talking before about this being sort of a, a scary concept for, for most business owners. And, and even though we are beyond the actual deadline for filing, that being the end of January, there are some other filing deadlines in February. But for the most part, it's, it's just one of those things that people just like, I don't understand. And then they get through it and then they quickly forget because we only do this once a year. Um, 
And so it can be a little frustrating and a little confusing. And so what we try to do for our clients is we try to continuously educate. So all the time we're talking to our clients about, oh, I see you have a new vendor. This vendor is doing exactly these kinds of particular services that look like to be an independent contractor. And so we want to make sure we get a W-9 from them so that we don't have to chase them down at the end of the year. And so we're always trying to educate our clients in that in that way, just so that it's not a scary thing at the end of the year. But to your point, you know, 1099s, by and large, the most popular, the most used ones are the 1099 miscellaneous or the 1099 NEC, NEC standing for non-employee compensation. And and those two are the most widely used for, for at least our clients, that being small businesses and nonprofits. And that's because on a miscellaneous form, for example, we're going to report any rental um, fees or, or landlord fees or lease fees that we paid. Um, and then we're also on a 1099 NEC going to report any compensation, a call compensation, because that's what we're doing. We're paying people mm-hmm. um, who are non-employees. And these folks are also in their structure are non-incorporated. So they're, I'll say it a different way, unincorporated uh, particular businesses or individuals that performed services for our business and we gave them $600 or more in the calendar year for those services, we're going to report that to the IRS on what's called a 1099 NEC or a non-employee compensation form. And these forms are, you know, to the IRS and they're information forms. You know, no money is necessarily obviously due with when you file these forms, but you're obligated as a business to report this information to the IRS each year so the IRS knows, oh, you paid Joe Plummer $1,000 in calendar year 2022. And so they're going to, in the background, the IRS, they are going to, in the background, make a match. And so Joe Plummer, when his tax return comes to the IRS, they want to see that they're reporting at least that $1,000 in their gross revenue. So that's kind of how that how that works behind the scenes. Hopefully that's to, you know demystifies the whole process a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. And we talked about in the last CPA chat, my best practice is regardless of if the vendors incorporate or not, just get a W-9, you know, just get a W-9 before you pay anybody. Um, just because you can file that, you can have the information. It also has their address. It has useful information you would need to set up a vendor in your QuickBooks or whatever financial management system that you're using. But yeah, Mitch, I like how you broke that down. It doesn't sound as scary. It's just somebody that we paid $600 to that is not incorporated and that we need to make sure that Uncle Sam gets his taxes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's move into then if we know what a 1099 is and we know that there's different versions of 1099s or forms, we're talking today about the 1099K. And on the 1099K, it reports the gross amount of payment transactions from credit cards, digital payments via third-party networks like Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, a lot of things that we didn't necessarily see in the beginning of our accounting career, right, Michelle, but that now it's popping up. And basically any other freelance platform that manages payments between two parties. So remember, these 1099Ks are just for business. So if I decided, hey, I want to, you know, cash at Michelle, it's her birthday, or Michelle had sent me um, something um, when I was out of work for surgery, that's not business. That's personal. So keep in mind, some people might be like, oh my goodness, I've spent so much money on Venmo or Cash App. And again, this is a business information return. 
Right, exactly. You know, what's interesting about the 1099K, um, just, just for starters, is that most of our listeners are probably not going to have to worry about generating these forms, right? Because they're coming from these third-party settlement organizations, these cash apps, the Venmos, these merchant processors that hold our credit cards, et cetera. And as you very well described it, a merchant processor is an, an organization that serves as that kind of go-between between the bank and the and the business. So it's someone who is sort of um, making that transaction happen, and it's through these credit cards. It's a digital transaction or an electronic transaction and not cash. So for our clients... We focus the 1099 efforts on, again, those unincorporated non-employees who we paid $600 or more for services throughout the calendar year, and we paid them by cash or by check. That's because those merchant processors are going to be the ones responsible for issuing what you just called, appropriately, this 1099-K form. And so what's interesting about the 1099-K form is that there's been a slight change. Ooh. Just when you thought you had this whole thing <laughs> down pat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So the 1099K came into play several years ago, and it was uh, an IRS uh, position that they took that said, look, we, we know that there are parties out there using these you know, um, third-party settlement organizations, Cash App, PayPal, that kind of thing. And predominantly, if you think like the IRS, right, their role is to make sure that, as you said, Uncle Sam's getting their money, but you know, it's, it's to enforce the rules. And what they started discovering is, for example, your hairdresser. You go and get your hair cut, and the hairdresser's like, oh, don't worry about paying me with cash or check or whatever, you know, because for the hairdresser, that's just another thing they have to do, go to the bank, you know, deposit the money, et cetera. They're like, oh, there's this thing called Venmo, and you can just Venmo me the money, and then it's just directly deposited into their bank account or wherever they point the money to. Mm-hmm. Well, hairdressers are having all their clients pay them via Venmo, and then suddenly that's not being reported to the IRS. So the IRS is like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> what, uh-huh. what happened here? So they uh-huh. want to make sure that they have this outside objective third-party verification of the revenues that some of these contractors are receiving. So again, using that hairdresser example, I'm sure that your hairdresser every year reports all the income that they receive on their tax return, and the IRS is like, well, just to be sure, I want Venmo to send me a 1099-K to say that in total they received X amount of money. And so what happens is the 1099-K from Venmo at the time was required to be issued only if your hairdresser received $20,000 or more or in 200 transactions or more this information. So anything below those thresholds wasn't necessarily required to be reported. Now, Michelle, let's pause there. Yes. Don't you think that's a bit high of an amount? Like when I was looking at how the law changed, I was like, really? It was up to $20,000? Yeah, it is high, and I'm, I agree. I think it was high from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why those numbers, those thresholds were set, and I guess it's probably because the third-party settlement organization, these credit card companies, merchant processors, et cetera, that's, that's a lot, even at, mm-hmm. that, at those thresholds, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, they're going to be happy now with <laughs> the new threshold, so go ahead and continue. I just... I just wanted to pick your brain on that because when I was researching this, I was like, really? It was 20000 before? Yeah. Yeah. It, that is high. But again, I think that probably helped them. Well, 
along the line in the most recent um, you know, tax law changes where we, we've had the pandemic and all the things happening. Um, and now, of course, as you mentioned before, you know, more and more people are using these electronic digital payment apps and forms of of you know commerce and it's not always via cash or check i mean actually how often do you have cash in your wallet i don't know about you but i i like hardly ever carry cash I so literally had to go to the bank yesterday to get a cashier check <laughs> for my hoa because one i don't i have checks but i'm like i don't want someone to hold my check for like a week and then i forget about it and then to your point on the business side i've never received a check i always invoice people through quickbooks who's my merchant provider for payment right. so yeah wow That's, yeah, yeah exactly i mean we're all doing the same thing i do the same thing our clients pay us electronically we don't accept cash or checks anymore and so it's just this is it's moving more and more in that direction so so the irs has now changed their rules and the interesting thing was that the rule was supposed to go into effect, the new rule was supposed to go into effect for 2022. And so we started telling all our clients and, you know, hey, this is happening, but it was sort of not very well known, not very mm -hmm. well educated into the general public, so to speak. So a lot of people complained and including the AICPA, which is the American Institute of CPAs, we, we wanted to make sure that everybody was on board and didn't want to cause confusion because as you mentioned, a lot of Venmo and Cash App type transactions can be personal, not necessarily business in nature. And so people were getting really sort of wigged out about this whole thing. Well, the new rule is it's down to the exact same rule as the 1099 miscellaneous or NEC that, NEC that we talked about, which is that $600 threshold. Mm. So what that means is, regardless of the number of transactions, if you had a business transaction through Venmo that a, a business paid through Venmo, another unincorporated business that had $600 or more, of your they, you bought for their services, for example, then the 1099K would be issued by Venmo to that party, to that service provider. And so it's important, I think, for listeners to understand that when you use Venmo or Cash App, there are ways that you can identify your transactions as, as either personal mm -hmm. or business. And that's really the key. So this whole rule now started January 1 of 2023. So that next January... What the, what the merchant processors are going to do is look back at all of the transactions that happened in 2023 and anywhere that there were business transactions of $600 or more, they're going to issue these 1099Ks to those service providers. So it's really important that as you do these electronic or digital transfers through these cash apps or Venmos or and PayPal or things like that, you code them properly. Are they personal or are they business transactions? You can still use them and still use it to pay your service providers. Just make sure you code it properly is really the key. Got it. And, you know, Michelle, you mentioned about the confusion part. Well, of course, the IRS was actually supposed to start this for 2022, correct? Right. And at the very last hour, what, in December? Yeah, it was It was literally like the last week in December. <laughs> they backtracked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I'm glad that they did give that extra time because, like, to your point, it's like, this is like a completely um, different change. And I know for me personally, when I started out five years ago with my business and I received a 1099K, I never heard of it. 
And I'm a CPA, but again, I'm not a tax CPA. And then I was miseducated because the company that I was just a contractor for was just like, oh, yeah, you don't have to worry about it. We pay you through, Mm -hmm. you know, credit card or debit card. So you don't have to pay taxes on that when really I think they meant I didn't meet the threshold of 20,000. So, you know, again, that does definitely can be confusing to to people because they're thinking, oh, yeah, if I was paid you know, via credit card, I don't have to deal with this. But actually, if you hit over 20,000, but then you have to also remember what's personal. So to your point, I think that's the biggest thing to remember. You have to track what's personal versus Mm -hmm. what's for business if you're going to be paid that way. Yeah, and I think for for our listeners, you know, for my clients, your clients, and the, and the businesses that we work with, we are not going to be again the ones producing a 1099 case. The merchant processors are, mm-hmm. but but for our clients, what's important that I help our clients understand is we have to make sure that our gross revenues mm-hmm. reflect at least as much mm-hmm. as we know the 1099 Ks that that they have are going to receive from the merchant processors you know, reflect that was paid to them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, we have a restaurant client, for example. Of course, they use a POS system, um, and most customers, like we were just talking about, will pay via credit card. And so included in the credit card transaction will be, yes, they bought you know food and alcohol, whatever the tab was, plus they put the tip onto the credit card. Mm-hmm. So we have to work with our clients to make sure that we reflect the tips paid as income, which is a separate line item, separate mm-hmm. GL account. So it's not bundled up in food and alcohol sales. That's you know typical for this particular restaurant client. But mm-hmm. we also show the the tip income paid as revenues because on a tax per, you know on the tax side, we want to make sure that the IRS sees that this business received at least as much revenue mm-hmm. as what's reported on the 1099Ks. And then, of course, we reflect the tip revenue in the salaries and wages that we paid to our employees. So it's an expense, you know, underneath the revenue in the proper category, that being payroll, salaries, tip, income, etc. But we also have to reflect tip, tip income as an income received up above the expenses in the revenue side of things. So just it's just one of those things that we have to be mindful of and aware of and that clients are going to get these 1099Ks, but they are not responsible for producing them. And on the flip side, I also want to say I've experienced through friends where a 1099 wasn't accurate. So that's another reason why you should track mm-hmm. what you receive because sometimes, hey, we're all human and maybe we misclassified a payment to somebody. I had a friend that said, man, I only work like a month with this company and they sent me a 1099 for like $50,000. <laughs> and what you don't want to do is just accept it because they're sending all your 1099s are not only going to you, it's going to the IRS. And that's why, Michelle, you rightfully so emphasize, we have to make sure that with all the 1099s that you received, if it's $100,000, we want to make sure that we can account for $100,000 of revenue on your profit and loss statement and that we agree with that. Because yes, we definitely want to make sure that we're paying our taxes, but you want to pay taxes on the proper amount. Of course. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love the point that you made. I mean, just because you know you are issuing the 1099s when you are also receiving them, make sure you're checking them and looking at them. You know, actually, uh, last year I received a 1099. Now we've talked about this before. You know, my firm is taxed as an S corporation, mm-hmm. which 
because I'm therefore incorporated from a tax perspective. Um, I do not need to receive a 1099. So my clients know they don't have to send me 1099s um, because I'm incorporated. Yes. Well, I got this 1099 um, from this particular organization that I was just doing a few uh, teaching classes for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had, and I've got an EIN, a tax employer identification number I use instead of my social, right? So yep. every business should have an EIN number. I had sent them a W-9 with my EIN number and denoting that I was taxed as an S-corporation. Well, they sent me a 1099 anyway, for starters, but they had the social security number as my EIN number. In other words, they changed my EIN number to be a social security number. And oh, I was no. like, yeah, this is not good. No. <laughs> you have to review these things and make sure and go back and get them to, to correct it. And so, you know, your accountant, whoever you're working with and we are helping that are helping you to prepare your 1099s can also help you prepare corrected 1099s. And I think that's an excellent point that you raised, Veronica. It's important to check them, make sure they're right, because that information is going to the IRS and we just don't want it to be this bundle of confusion. Absolutely. So that is going to lead us, Michelle, to our next CPA chat in April. We're going to talk about how do you determine for the folks that you compensate, are they employees or are they contractors, which then will lead us to providing a 1099 for the contractor or a W-2 for the employee. So Michelle, thank you again, as always, for being a part of the CPA chat. I always learn so much from you. I know the listeners always learn. My mom's our number one fan. So (laughs) shout out to mommy for listening to the CPA chat if nobody else does. But yeah, so I just again want to thank the listeners for tuning into bizradio.us. Please come back next week, same time, same place, 10 a.m. on Wednesdays for the Veronica Edwards Show. And if you missed the live airing, you can always listen to prior shows at veronicaedwards.buzzsprout.com. See you next time, Michelle. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.